Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. I am your host, Hobbs Q. My pronouns are he, him. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbs Q. So today, we actually have part two of an episode from last week, uh, hoping that I did editing correct and there wasn't anything that came up, life-wise at least, because recording is kind of time travel as we talk about a lot. So hopefully this episode is coming out a week after you've had an opportunity to listen to the amazing Spice 8 Rack. And it is back with us to do part two. So we are going to, before that, just want to give our normal kind of intro pieces. So we want to thank Grinding Coffee Company for offering uh, sponsorship and discounts on their coffee, which uh, is my primary coffee. I, I still, I did their Kickstarter where I got two bags of it a month and I basically have continued buying it because I just love their coffee. And as an organization, we really believe strongly in their mission. Uh, they are an LGBT minority owned and ran company that really makes coffee for gamers. So we have our link tree. It has all of that information. You can find out that discount. And I recently became a Quiver uh, brand ambassador. And as of this recording, pink is now available. So if you want a pink quiver, they, they had these as only a, um, they were like a special edition for a very long time. Uh, and they, people kept begging them to bring it back. And they kept saying, we need people to show enough interest because of the size of a print run that we have to do. That has happened. So they can, you could take pre-orders. And if you use Goblin Lore at checkout, uh, you will also get 10% off of quivers. So uh, I'm going to pass it over to Alex to talk a little bit about the Fireside Alliance, and then we'll let our guests reintroduce themselves. And in the in the, the vein of last week's episode, go listen to it if you haven't, uh, we are going to make Spice come up with another question because we're doing this on the fly. Like, we're actually still recording the previous episode or something. I don't know. And we didn't really discuss it, so we're just going to go with it because it worked so well last time. So, Alex! Hello! Uh, I'm Alex Newman, found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And yeah, Fireside Alliance, just a quick shout out for them. It's a it's a great community that, that we're a part of now. I um, described as a Indipedia, oh goodness, independent media network and a progressive community of progressive communities. Basically, a bunch of content creators on the internet kind of all had their own little isolated communities, and they thought, wouldn't it be great if we built something together to to bring our communities kind of to get together to build something on the internet for people to go hang out and chat and be part of a greater community so we have wow. a discord hmm. server and uh and and, and the yeah, website it's, and they so have long. they invited us a goblin podcast yeah. i mean maybe well, they should rename themselves because it's yeah, very communal so. We uh, we are the only magic content creators in there, but there's a lot of cool uh, nerddom, like movies and shows and, and people who do like just lots of fun nerd stuff. So if, if that's something that's interesting to you, check out the Discord and uh, check them out. So welcome back, Spice. It's been a while. I mean, it's been it just feels so long since we last talked. It, so it's, it's been maybe, maybe minutes. And it's, you know, it's a minute too long. That's what I always say. <laughs> famously, always have said that exact phrase uh, when prompted. <laughs> it is copyrighted. So if you go and now say that phrase, royalties will come back to How Spice. How dare you suggest that I would copyright a phrase <laughs> that runs so, so heinously counter to... Are you saying that? That's what I know of your brand. That's that's basically what I understand. A brand? I have a brand <laughs> as well. Brands and copyrights. What am I? A corporation? Um, oh, people yeah. could be well in the U.S. People could be corporations. It's kind of an interesting thing. Or corporations oh, yeah. could be people. It's one of those. It's called a corporation. Could be people. Yeah. Citizens United. What a dreadful, dreadful decision. Anyway, yeah. hello everybody. We hate it. Um, oh. I'm I'm Spice Eight. Right, my pronouns are it and him. Um, and I make I make. 
funny little YouTube videos. Uh, I said funny little. I'm currently working on one that is potentially going to be closing in on two hours long about the <laughs> Uh So we'll see how funny and or little that actually turns out to be. I hope I can get it in edited in time for August. Uh, but anyway, that's me. I love talking about goblins. Love talking about Ludo narrative. Love talking about. Um, I love talking about uh, society and all structures and stuff. Ain't that interesting? Um, and indeed, this is something that I, uh, as a question to pose to our uh, to the entire panel. Last time we talked about the issues that we have with goblin representation. We talked about uh, motivation. We talked about uh, story. We talked about um, the unfortunate connotations that a lot of goblins, the way they're drawn and the uh, sort of the environments and activities they're drawn uh, in, uh, unfortunately link back to Jewish stereotypes, anti-Semitic stereotypes. Um, but one thing I would like to ask is when it comes to goblins, is there anything or are there things that goblins should always have, be it uh, physical, be it metaphysical, be it philosophical? What are some things that a goblin would just not be a goblin in magic if it didn't have this feature? Again, it can be uh, emotional, spiritual, what have you. Um, for me, if I'm like to kick things off and to give my uh, <laughs> my uh, lovely hosts a chance to think themselves. Um, sorry. Oh, it happened again. Anyway, <clears throat> I would say that goblins need to be small. Uh, if there's any, for me, if there's one thing, goblins can range in a whole different, uh, a whole different sort of like buffet of personality types, motivations, what have you. They've always got to be little. They can't be, even if they are bigging themselves up through other means, like, for example, um, Duretti's uh, sort of like massive robotic chair, for example, or um, be it in the form of a goblin crewing one of new Kamigawa's massive mechs, the goblins themselves must be little, they must be small. They can't be bigger than your average person. So uh, I, could, I, I real quick, as you're saying this, because I love it, it also made me think of the fact that the flavor text for one of our only really what we'll call large goblins, Goblin Goon. So Goblin Goon was first printed in, oh, that set symbol is going to just make me forget completely what it is. Um, Legions, the all preacher set, uh, is a 6-6, six, six, but the flavor text on it is goblin-sized body, I'm uh, sorry, giant-sized body, goblin-sized brain. And it's only a 6-6 six, six because it's a mutant. Mm. So I, I kind of like that the flavor is still there, that there's something about that that is like you need to have even the brain if we want to take it that way. And I, I, I'm not going to jump to my answer real quick, but that would be something, right? Like. I I would agree. Something like something like Goblin Goon is very much like the exception that proves the rule. Here you have a giant goblin, but the fact that it is a giant goblin requires a comment because it is so outside the normal of what a goblin is supposed to be. Um, so I, I'm very much like goblins need to be smaller, but the exceptions to that can never be the norm. They have that has to be as you as is very much said on the um, the creature type of this card. It has to be some kind of mutation. Has to be some kind of uh, large, completely out there uh, aspect that goblins usually would never be able to engage in, never be able to achieve. Um, this this is one of the reasons why Grenzo for me, I've never found him to be particularly compelling in terms of goblin design. I think his only saving grace is the fact that he is so hunched over. Um, uh, particularly in his uh, Grenzo Dungeon Warden art, whereas if you like, if you look at the art, 
should he have a fully straight spine, he would be far taller than, you know, human doors. That puts me off. I think Grenzo is not a well-designed, a good design for Goblin. Goblins need to be little. Um, and I think he's right on the edge for me of being, I would say, I would say a bad, a bad looking goblin. And I'm just thinking too, so this brings in kind of the Melthos piece, uh, Alex, because I think you'll appreciate that. People don't know, I'm talking about uh, archetypes of magic players or whatever the word is that we use. Uh, psychographics. We've talked a lot about them on the show on past episodes, but it's there's one of Melvin, which is more mechanical, and then Vorthos lore story. And they're kind of the ones that are more on the art, they're more on the aesthetic sides, more so than y- y- the, your playing style. But it's we've done a lot on this. But we, we, typed, we, we, uh, we did not coin the hybrid term melthos but we definitely embody it i would say and that's one of the things the original design for grenzo the, the red black grenzo um not the one that goads but the dungeon master is basically that he can scale to be much bigger right like that's part of the the mechanical piece is you can put counters on him and make him large so that he can release larger and larger things from the dungeon aka the bottom of your library but i agree with you right it's an awkward thing on the last episode i talked about my my art of calvin and hobbs with Ske- squee and bolus this nicely brings up the second piece of art, which is uh, it is Grenzo and Bolus as 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 Calvin and Hobbes again, um, with Grenzo basically let like having the keys around his like ring, letting Bolus out of wherever. Wait, we were assuming it's a dungeon, but he is much smaller than Bolus purposely because it's a Calvin and Hobbes type thing. So it's kind of funny because I agree with you completely. It's a very interesting to think about from that mechanical and art perspective with with Grenzo. In general, like, because I think your thing does very much need to hold true. And as I did all of that, Alex, I'll let you answer first because I'm still. You're still thinking. This okay. time I actually am you, not. You actually teasing. are. I'm okay, not actually teasing. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm going to take what might be considered low-hanging fruit for our podcast. So I'm going to kind of perfectly continuing off of Spice's response. Uh, something for me that that works w- well for goblins that I think should be you know present for goblins, particularly mechanically, but but it, it works in the story too. Is numerous, and this applies to uh, a flavor text that we actually has kind of become a little bit of a motto of our show. It's at the end of every episode. This we sort of found on accident, but it's the flavor text from Goblin Slide. And that is goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. And that really fits the, and and I also think it really fits the idea of community as well as as a thing that uh, Hobbs and I both talk about a lot. But when we started this show, neither of us were were big goblin. Like, eh, I had nothing against goblins, but it wasn't like a main creature type that I would think about using in magic. But as we've done this show, it's become more and more a part of our identity. And and to found things like the community of goblins is something that's really important and is really engaging for, for the both of us. Like that's a big thing that's important to me is like, I love that community aspect to so many of these goblin, well, communities and, and the various planes is that you know, what they look like is different in all these different places. And that's, you know, kind of a part of our logo, uh, Stephen Raffle Beta logo for us. It has, you know, all different types of looking goblins. But in every one of those places, community is a big element of kind of how they comport themselves in their day-to-day lives. And I will say, too, that was a, that was very intentional when we designed the um, the logo. You know, I was working with Steve to do that. We went back and forth about how we wanted all these kind of the different variants of goblins represented on it. Um, because it did have, like, no matter what, it still is a group, right? We didn't want just, like, a singular goblin. 
just hanging out, right? We were very intentional about what we wanted it to be. And me giving you the chance to talk before me meant you had the, you did end up taking the one that was kind of slowly going through my mind. Um, So that was awkward and amazing. So uh, you know what? I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what, what, we've talked about on the show before is there does need to be, and this, I guess this is more of a general thing that I think goblins serve the role well as. So I'm cheating a little bit because I don't think we always have to have it, but I think when we do have it, it needs to be with goblins, which is a little bit more whimsy. We need to have that place where goblins can be comic relief and be whimsical. We've talked about better representation in terms of having intelligent goblins, having legendaries, having Things like a Dockside extortionist that have a job that are, you know, part of a crew. These things are, are very important. And we still need that whimsy. You know, we got like we finally get Tago introduced to us in, in Commander Legends, <laughs> who we only had her. in flavor text. And one of the greatest pieces was like his original flavor text that I can that I think sticks out to me is shock, which is uh it was his greatest invention since The Rock. Mm-hmm. And then we get kind of, you know, Tago is seen as like this great inventor is what he's known as in the goblin world. And it's like things like lightning and rocks. But his card is literally making rocks and checking them. Like, And his art has him holding a rock to the sky triumphant with lightning behind him. It's so powerful. Beautiful. So good. Yeah. yeah. So like we need that. We need jokes about like eating weird bugs or things, um, stuffing your cousin in a canyon and shooting them out as fodder. Like if there is going to be some of those elements, I love the idea of that, that space. And this has happened more and it even allows it for like the unsets for goblins to really be the whimsy. And mm-hmm. I think that that is needed in magic. And so once again, it doesn't have to be every goblin and if it's going to be there, I love that space being occupied by goblins. Yeah. Well, even in things like I love, like I'm just looking through some goblin legends now and you have like Muxus where if you just had general, Oh, it's a goblin. It's one of our you know first printed goblin nobles, which is great. And it's this goblin with this crown and everything, but it's like, but then you dig into the story and the whimsy is that it's just a bunch of different, it's a bunch of different goblins who just every day randomly decide who gets to be King. Yeah. And like, yeah, that just kind of fits that, that that space. And I will say too, like this is where we flavor text is a great place for this. We've done an article fully on just goblin oh, flavor text. And it's it was easy episode to review because so many. We should put that in the schedule to do again because it's been yes. a while. We should probably find some more. So did I at least hit on did I, did I cheat enough to 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 like answer your question in a goblin like way, Spice? Yeah, I'd say so. I would okay. say that that's completely legitimate. You're going to give me a point so I can be ahead of Gavin in like the trivia category when it comes I, to goblins? I love how like this is part two of the recording we've done and we're now introducing points. So sure, go on then. That's about, I mean, that in of itself is very goblin to do. I mean, to be fair, I am fairly certain. I, w- I watched that and I was, it was an amazing video. If you haven't watched it, I will link it. Um, trivia, Goblin Trivia with Gavin um, Verhey, who has been on the show to talk about goblin design and magic. So you are currently t- no, no, Gavin's still ahead of you. Gavin is still ahead of you in terms of, um, in terms of points. I think he ended that, ended that video with two and a half points. Yes. But I would like to contend. I actually answered at least one that he got wrong correctly. When I went through it, I already had my answer out before him and you can't prove that I didn't. So, and I got uh-huh. everyone that he got right, except the half point. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm at least okay. great. 
what was that? Sorry, I, I know this is derailing the uh, the sort of forward flow of the conversation. But what was the what was the question that you got right? That oh God, I'd have to go back and watch the video. I don't have that oh, memory. <laughs> depression and anxiety no, have depression and anxiety have stripped me of all like detailed memory. I can remember that something happened and I did it. And there's times that the, this is this is completely off the rails right now it's something i've been talking i think a little bit more about on the show but like i love photography because it helps me remember things like i love to do photography i love photographing my kids partly just because then i have a reference Fair <laughs> play. and this is the second episode we probably should have warned you the last episode we don't have rails they were never installed so oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> which is good yeah. because then i can't pee on the third one what <laughs> I mean, if you know anything about rails, when we're talking about subway systems, there's always the you don't. Oh. Yes, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Sorry, I am. Sorry. I was so completely and absolutely flabbergasted by that. From my perspective, an absolute left hand turn into something that I was not expecting. Yeah, yeah. So now we're into the funner part. You know, last episode was pretty serious. This episode, I'm hoping, is going to be a little more. Well, I mean, we hit on some, we hit on some good topics. But I think we hit on some things I mean, that are. Perhaps on the scale of where we're at right now, it was pretty serious. All right, all right. <laughs> it was more structured, less left-hand turns. And if we have some turns, well, we have. So what our yes. plan was is to follow up last episode with one of the main topics of Goblins, which is community, as we're coming off of, kind of Spice's great question. We want to talk about that community aspect, especially as Alex kind of brought it up with numbers. And the other half is a mailbag. And I, I think I've shared some of the questions, but I also just have random stuff. It could... It could it could easily be just turns every which way, and I cannot predict that. Lovely job. Let's go. So let's talk community. And I guess one of the questions has me, I'm going to start with it, and you're going to be able to completely derail everything I have planned if you don't agree. Um, because I think it is going to introduce us to kind of the, the, the topic that I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked you, and it, this is at Marcos2 underscore backup, are goblins the best race in all of magic? Uh, I would say, and uh, I personally, I I found that I've been really enjoying using the uh, term tribe, partially because it links back to obviously you know it's tribal mechanics in magic, um, but I also feel that like like species is too unwieldy and too like scientific. Race, I think for for me when we talk about like the like the goblin race in of itself, just feels like a strange thing to say. I really like using tribe. Um, okay. Also, it, uh, and like that's just a personal thing for me. No, um, but like, it's great because there's a controversy of using tribe in oh, in the US in, in the US in particular. Um, oh, I'm I'm uh, uh, of like First Nations and Indigenous uh, yes. people. Yes. Oh, I see. No, but there, but there is a, this is where there's controversy, but also discussion because we talked about some of the anti-Semitic tropes, and if we do still have that, with we're trying to improve those, but 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 maybe. Uh, goblins fulfill that space the idea of a tribe and tribal is very big within judaism and so there is also the idea that tribes do predate kind of first nations and indigenous and this is where on a larger scale there's a i mean this is a whole episode topic right here on just like what we look at oh, versus race, yeah. race versus tribal tri- using race versus tribal using versus species like that that right there is so Hmm, interesting. Oh well, yeah. in, that, in that case, I'm more I'm more than happy because the uh, audience of this is, and if it's, uh, so I'll just uh, say groups of character creature types and magic. Yeah. We can stick with creature types. I can go groups. I like that. I, I yeah. like, oh, I like creature types. Creature types yeah. is also very mechanically apt. Um, 
I would say absolutely. Uh, I would say that goblins for me possess the greatest degree of narrative, or sorry, the greatest degree of narrative variance that I think magic um, has, uh, that magic has full stop. I think that humans uh, have diversity in what they can do only by virtue of the fact that humanity in of itself in our real world is a very diverse thing. And as such, the diversity of exploration of sort of like, you know, human beings' behaviors throughout worlds is kind of, it's to be expected. There's, there's nothing novel and new about seeing humans being selfish and humans being altruistic and humans being, uh, you know, uh, members of uh, authoritarian organized religions and members um, humans being members of anarchistic, um, uh, sort of like uh, hunter-gatherer society, stuff like that. There's nothing particularly new and novel about that. Goblins, on the other hand, uh, sorry, uh, and if we talk about other creature types of magic, there's not much in the way of sort of like, trope exploration uh you know you've got you've got you know the elf quote-unquote elf supremacists of lawwin versus the stewards of nature that uh elves uh, represent in uh zendikar but even then there are some like elf supremacist sort of undertones to their narrative and certainly you know in original nissa that was her whole deal yep, um, yep. We, we talked about that with like the rehabilitation and what they did to, to change absolutely. that Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, which I personally think is a good idea because yeah. uh, the I think that it's just more interesting to have like not every plane needs to explore that notion law when it does it more than well enough. But there's not much in the way of uh, like diversity of approaches in magics, zombies, magics, elves, magics, dragons. Most of magics um, uh, like creature types don't really have much in the way of, uh, I guess, sort of like ideological diversity uh, yeah. and much also less in the way of, sort of like physical diversity like you know elves might have horns on one plane and not on the other but they're all you know they're all tall slender they live in the woods stuff like that goblins throughout all these different planes have such a massive physical diversity you know looking at the aki of kamigawa and comparing them to the red caps of eldraine and then comparing them to, I mean, even just the bogarts of Lorwyn in of themselves, each individual goblin has a completely different design. Mm -hmm. All of them having completely different ideological um, reasons for hope. most of the best designed goblins of each pain, I should say, having different ideological reasons for why they're getting up to the shenanigans that they do, even the character of those shenanigans. Some of them are helpful little uh, scrappy people who just want to destroy um, uh, machines and feed them into the furnace god. Others are murderous, uh, uh, some like uh, war leaders who just want to pillage and burn. Others are, in the case of Lorwyn, sort of you know, communally focused uh, people who just want to share with uh, their uh, their brethren and their warrens and stuff like that. We even have a we have like Bogart the Bogart auntie that takes on like little Kithkins. So oh yes, yeah, yes, like there's very much the, a, like an adoption of community in there. And the scientists on. of uh, of modern Kamigawa and Ravnica as well. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, the tinkerers. Yeah. I was just thinking, um, they're one of the only magic creature types too that is in all five colors. Outside of like some of the things like dragons, which are kind of just a cool race. So for marketing reasons as well, you have a dragons in every color, but like elves don't have aren't in every color that I can think of. You yeah, don't the, have the other big zombies. one would be slivers. Slivers is like the slivers other big are, one. Okay. Like and that's, and I mean, and that's part of their design is literally diversity. I think I think just on the topic of elves, I think probably I can think of 
yeah, I think there'll be there's Selesnya elves, there's Grawl elves, but there's also elves in Golgari and there's elves in the Simic. But they they uh, are that's true, that's true. For, like, but on that topic, they are those are all pretty much exclusively centered around Ravnica. Yeah, that, like most of so like uh, the representation of elves in so like uh, in terms of diversity and magic comes from Ravnica, and even then, they're all stewards of nature, just in one uh, like different ideological different outlooks of like nature is our parks actually nature's is the wilds actually nature is my natural laboratory actually nature is uh, the sewers um so like even then like they're all sort of linked in that whereas you know the aki of uh, kamigawa oh we we live in the mountains and we cause problems and we uh, i can't even remember like the like you know we worship the patron of the aki and then you compare that to um, I don't know, the, even like, you know, the is it goblins? Like, oh, we're here to experiment and to blow stuff up. The goblins in the Vars Legion, oh, we are fiercely loyal to our um, our adopted home, the goblins of uh, Grawl. We are going to burn everything to the ground um, for the sake of burning everything to the ground. You know, there is, even there, massive ideological differences. Yeah. I mean, and then within lore, yeah, and it's, yep. Because you have you have a couple of representations there that are different than and then other planes, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> I am very glad that you answered that way because that. See, I told you you could have just been like no, <laughs> and then it would have been very yeah. awkward. Very yeah, awkward. Like episode. We're done. Great. Yeah. Like okay, I told you all part two. Well, uh, every question I have left is uh, now irrelevant. So, um, what I heard in there too, because it was the follow up and where I thought it would lead into, is kind of the communal nature. Uh, I think you are a a well known, we will say, socialist figure. Oh, is that we can, is that... we can go communist, baby? We okay. can absolutely say that. <laughs> Great. I I just I, I don't want yeah. So I want to talk ideologies because I want to talk kind of uh, some of your work that I have seen in your discussions when it comes to you know communal nature and the mm. goblins is is a piece of that that i think we do have the analog for we brought it up a little bit in the last episode kind of with our idea of Cranko leading this like uprise of the you know mm -hmm. the people the guildless um you know and you and i played i remember this a long time ago on chase's stream um oh, so yes. at mana curves so they they are uh they are the other host of the goblin lore who hasn't been on in a while but we played and i was making just solemn simulacrums uh, this actually came up on stream this past weekend because i started to do it again and we joked about like i want to win that that game through mechanized production because <laughs> I want eight solemn simulacrums seizing the means of production and like, just taking over. And, you know, it just like we had such a great discussion on that cast. It became such a like hilarious piece. And it just really made me like realize with goblins and that tie in. That's what I want to talk about today that, you know, this communal nature and this with your political ideology and those pieces, you know, is, is that part of the, the, the love of goblins or am I just, no, I'd say tying you're, together I, threads that aren't there. I no, I think you're absolutely correct. I think that uh, I mean I love goblins for a whole host of reasons. I love you know I love my and when I use this term I am using uh sort of I I love my funny little guys but I use that very much in a in a gender neutral capacity um when I say funny little guys um uh, simply because I I adore the the goofiness um, I adore my wee little and I will do a very light swear my wee little bastards um and stuff like that and my precious and perfect babies as well I maintain that all goblins can in some way be slotted into one of those three umbrella terms um but additionally I think that yes I feel that there is a sense of 
a lot of the goblins in Magic, certainly the ones that I find the most um, interesting and the ones I love the most, which are the um, Lorwyn goblins. For for the record, I think that my favourite goblins are the ones in Lorwyn. Not by a huge amount. I think that um, I do also have a massive amount of love for other goblins in other planes, but I feel that the goblins represent a society more so in those planes that has much less of a focus on uh, being better, less better, much less of a focus on competing in a hostile capacity with between each other and with the rest of the world, and more so simply enriching themselves. Now, even goblins like um, on uh, what do you call it, um, uh, uh, Ravnica. Even goblins there who, you know, who steal, who nick things from people, um, they're doing that less in a capacity of understanding what theft truly means within the, you know, the, uh, the mode of production or within the societal structure of the world they live in. And more so, I have, this person has something that me and my warren need. And so I'm, I will take that. And that's a very simple like uh, thought process for a goblin. Now, obviously, you've got smarter goblins like Krenko who understand, um, you know, what avarice even is, why people are, sort of, you know, uh, hoarding treasures, hoarding gems, hoarding money, stuff like that. Um, but I think there's a sort of there's an innocence to a lot of the goblins community where even when they're doing bad things, it's in aid of some greater cause of building themselves up and giving back to each other even when goblins end up like shooting each other out of cannons it is for some kind of greater good um uh, and like a lot of the times that goblins are you know the uh, the butt of some cosmic slapstick routine even then you have goblins like squee who like come back with a smile on their face they don't mind the idea of you know them being sacrificed by their brethren for the uh, for the greater good they're just quite happy to quite happy to be useful and i think that's really quite delightful um from a, in a fantasy uh, group of uh, group of creatures for sure and i know that for me that kind of brings up you know as you said like the, the warrens there's this idea of of whatever kind of that family looks like um it, it can be found family and that's fine and that, but it is it is a kind of dedication to that. And as you said, kind of like we, where we see them is we see goblins in groups and they tend to be clans. They tend to have like a structure, even if it's a chaotic structure, there is still this idea of making sure that everybody within that has what they need. Um, you know, Alex, you brought up Zada a mm -hmm. little bit, which I think brings up an interesting story beat for how even uh, attack of your own group is necessary when you believe that it's not for the betterment of the whole war in mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's a that's a thing zada is one of those goblins who we have a little bit of story and we've actually did a, a profile back and and it's a, it's a goblin that's special to me mo both in and kind of out of the story because i have a zada deck that's one of my goblin commander decks but um zada's story you know taking place on on uh, totally back in zendikar during during the uh, eldrazi rising so like it was the part of the tuk tuk um, um tribe and and tuk tuk was a goblin in the original ravnica who stumbles into some old zendikar zendikar ruins Not yeah. Ravnica. And, yeah. and oh sorry, zendikar and stumbles into some old ruins and ends up like in the card like turns into a 
goblin, you know, turns into a goblin statue, hmm. tuck, tuck. And, and so it's like in this, in the story of the world, like, so then he comes back as this, you know, animate rock tuck tuck thing and so the tri- the goblins are following them following him but while all these eldrazi are going on then zada says like this we, sh- we can't be following this leader who has been touched and and changed by this very force that's tearing our planet apart and there's this storyline about zada literally taking like literally tearing him down and and smashing up the the he- well, part of Zada's flavor text even talks about smashing up the hedrons to get at that old magic and have this powerful magic. And so that's this story of the community for the good of the community taking out this this person who's been compromised by this big force that's consuming everything. Mm, absolutely, I feel that um, I feel there is a sense of you know we have to uh, we have to look out for not only like ourselves in terms of making sure that we're going to be okay individually, but also we have to look out for each other within that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just generally, I, and I think lots, it's not that other um, like creature types of magic don't have that. Obviously, you know, elves, elves look out for elves, elves keep elves okay. But I think with the Goblin specifically, it comes from a place of sort of like, bumbling innocence whereas elves do it in a very solemn manner um uh and so like you know zombies do it because they don't even know that they're doing it you know they're just forming undead phalanxes or sort of like one big hive mind or what have you slivers are doing it just because that's the way that that's the way that they work they're sort of like you know biomechanical machines almost um uh but goblins just do it sort of like i don't know mr magooing their way into solidarity which i find endlessly endearing um and that is my that's my favorite part about goblins for sure and and one of the reasons why I love that too, when you talk about goblins, is is traditionally in fantasy stories that's not goblins. Yes, and, yes, right. they're still and in magic they're still center red, and especially how magic started, where black and red are the evil colors. Black is evil, red is chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, those are bad. They've become this thing where, as you as you say, they kind of have bumbled their way into this community where it's like they're still mono red or like center red for for goblins and and, and in the, many of these places they're they're red splash something else or they might just be mono red but it's like even within this environment of them being mono red they still have built this community around themselves and it's it's sort of that expansion of story to say just because you are you know red and are not necessarily about having written down orders and laws and strictures uh, to follow you can still have a community that cares about each other and acts in a way I think that, um, yeah, if there's if there's one piece of advice, if anyone's a burgeoning writer listening to this, if there's one piece of advice I'd like to give when it comes to constructing a fantasy world, easiest way to like make an interesting character, take a fantasy creature type that is traditionally associated with nothing but evil and just make them lovely. It's easiest sell, easiest sell of any kind of fantasy literature you want to write. And do the exact, like, take something that's supposed to be, like, full of joy and love and just make them the most evil, monstrous creature you possibly can. So easy to do. And it, it, it forces you to think about, okay, but what does, what does like, love and uh, uh, pleasantry and kindness look like from the perspective of a goblin? Well, it looks like stealing a pie from the windows of a kithkin to give to your raid mother because, look, look, I found something interesting. As opposed to, you know, stealing a pie maliciously because theft is evil. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that approach, too, where to make them 
you know, to have this positive aspect, you don't just make them good the same way that you would have, you know, your your paladins or whatever mm. in mono white or in green. And you're not making them good like your bant knights would be good. You're making them good within their own context of their communities within their that red or whatever lens they're from. Precisely. Fully and wholeheartedly agree. Where I think this is interesting is we've had this discussion before when we've talked about goblins in all colors is trying to figure out what certain monocolor goblins would look like then, right? And you just mentioned like the the mono, like, like a white goblin. But if we took a mono white goblin, it's it, it could very much be that idea of good, just not good from the yeah. same way that a paladin it, would be. It's not that they can't be in those places, but that you're you're kind of expanding that idea of it's yeah. it's not just you have to be positive in this one way you can build community in many different ways mm. and have these positive things in many different ways yes i wholeheartedly agree uh, one of the things that we had brought up in the in the in our discord is when do we get a boros or a mono white goblin legend and i mean i think that boros element is we've seen there's like we have the 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 cool in ravnica that like going up through the ranks goblin um mm, oh yes like i do the, i do love that narrative yeah, so like if they became a legend, what would that look like? Because we have not seen something like a red-white legendary. Um, I I would love to see, um, and this, you know, maybe this is wishful thinking, but on our inevitable return to New Phyrexia, I would love to see a goblin that has been mentored by whatever the name of the, the leader of the sort of like Mirren Resistance there. I cannot remember for the life of me the name of um, uh, Boreen... Del God, I can't remember. It's a red, white, legendary, metal craft, everything gets possible. Oh, uh, Jorkadine? Jorkadine, thank you ever so much. I would love to see a goblin having been mentored by Jorkadine. And like, not, obviously not linked back to Slobad, but just as, because obviously the goblins of what, what, what had been Mirrodin um, were goblins that, um, uh, were goblins that had a propensity to be more than, you know, creatures that just threw things in a big hole and set it on fire. Yeah. I would love to I would love to see that and like I know that could be a very interesting uh place to explore what a red white goblin would mean, especially within the context of sort of like a mirror piece of mirror resistance. And I actually have I have fanfic or I have headcanon that we're not to yet, that Urobrask is actually a predator that is kind of um would also be aligned with the goblins in a mission like that. That oh, there's I actually so. a rule. Yeah. Um so, so this does bring up kind of an, an interesting thing as we're talking about the community. Somebody brought up the fact that, you know, this is Ryan Sullivan, who is in our Discord too. He's great. He's a teacher. He's a fantastic person. And he brought up this idea that can goblins create, though, a functioning society that's free against violence against themselves, a uh, kind of leadership that's free of abuse? And he talks about that thing that we've brought up before about many of the popular characters and we're thinking slow, bad, and... Um, uh, and Kiki in particular that have been removed from their clan or their family for not fitting the kind of the stereotype, which is very much against we've struggled with this when we had on uh, Skylar to talk about Kiki being pushed out of the family, right? Like the, the, the family still in re is represented as the Aki, the communal, and then they kick out the one character that we really get to see. Um, we think of Goblin King, the flavor text is basically who that goblin killed to kill to kill. I mean, it was like the opposite of the, the Bible, Bible, like who beget who it was who killed yeah. who. so it's like great flavor text but it does bring up this question of you know wh where do they stand with this when the chaos does come into it um well, I, with I being mean, communal I'd, i would say that it's 
it completely depends on sort of, I mean, this is, you know, going to get into a uh, potential deep philosophy that's far, far beyond the, uh, far beyond the, uh, the pale of what we were intending, but the question uh, we weren't intending anything other than to like hand over the mic to you, which oh, is what sick. we do for our guests. So like we, like, yeah, you, you take us in a direction. We'll try to bring it back to something. The issue, the issue being when we ask, for example, how a, how a fantasy society operates can, for example, the question of can goblins operate without um, a leadership that uh, abuses the uh, people within that society, we have to ask the question what does abuse look like in that society? We know what abuse looks like in ours, and we can see that happening in that society. However, in that society, abuse or violence or what have you may look completely different. Like the idea, for example, going back to Lauren, um, like goblins literally uh, set fire to each other and throw each other at giants for fun, to uh, experience it, you know, sensation gorgeous stuff's like uh, frogs in its ears and a skunk on its nose and all manner of stuff like that. But abuse within that society doesn't look like that. Abuse in society looks like the uh, art of hoarder's greed, which showcases showcases a goblin having found something that it doesn't want to give to the rest of the clan. And then the clan outs it because that's that's an abuse. That's an abuse of the rules of that society. So we can very much look at a goblin, every goblin society in uh, across pretty much the entire multiverse and go, yeah, this looks a little bit chaotic and a, a little bit like uh, uh, an extended uh, punch up in a uh, car park as opposed to a functioning uh, mode of government. However, if we're going to be considering stuff from the perspective of a fantasy uh, group of uh, creatures, we have to completely throw away our understanding of um, uh, sort of like philosophy and look at it through their lens, you know? Yeah. So I think that that is completely the way that we would need to go about this. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, that, you know, it, it, would, it is literally impossible to then go, mm, I wonder what the actual, like, ideological uh, line is with, I don't know, the goblins of Bablovia. Are they actually <laughs> cool with being, like, hammered into machines and thrown out of cannon. Some of them look like they're having a good time. Some of them don't. Like, it's impossible to actually, you know, work that out. But I think the the joy of fantasy is exploring those ideas in a way that obviously people don't actually get hurt. Um, and exploring these, like, fantasy uh, settings and exploring these fantasy characters and being like, what what does violence as a concept look like a goblin? How does that differ to our understanding of it? Uh, because, you know, even in modern day human society, our understanding of so many different things, you know, our, you know, uh, if we're looking at like, thinking about like Antonio Gramsci's idea of, you know, cultural hegemony, what we understand as common sense is only common sense because of the structure that we live in. And people who live in very different structures understand a very different uh, form of common sense, um, be it, you know, uh, be it violence, diet, uh, like, uh, rules for friendship even what does a friendship look like across different societies stuff like that and fantasy allows us to explore those ideas in uh, usually a much more caricaturized capacity like what if a society is fine with like throwing each other onto a big old chainsaw because that's kind of what they do like you know it's it's interesting but i think that um i think that viewing a goblin society from the perspective of human rules is uh, is foolish um and fantasy chauvinism 
it's kind of funny to me to be thinking about this idea that th- this is where storytelling has been difficult for goblins. And there's a, there was a question in our Discord about uh, goblins as basically um, an avenue, or, or sorry, why don't we have more goblin planeswalkers? And, you know, this is a good question, and I think it's a question that we're seeing with our legends that we've talked about before. Is because wizards are cowards. Sorry, that, sorry, that's that the only out, reason we know that, that right? Like, deep dark place. Of it. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a suggestion for a five color squee that doesn't die for having zero loyalty. So I love everything about it. Brilliant. I, I could completely take it. Like he went from red to all five colors just because oh, for sparking. But I mean, the, the fact is, we have Doretti, right? And it could be this thing that we are talking about with how they function that it's very hard maybe for, for storytelling. And this is something that I am thinking about where we've more and more this year talked about, like it's almost like they need to be separated from their group to either do a found family. Um, I mean, that's a very interesting point because Doretti is by far the most quote unquote reasonable goblin that exists in magic. Yeah. Um, you know, Doretti, Doretti is for all intents and purposes has very human emotions, you know, worked for the uh you know worked as a student had his work stolen from him by um uh, his professor uh then confronted that professor about it you know spark is ignited and all that stuff we don't know much about doretti but certainly if like certainly doretti is the most quote-unquote human acting goblin even you know grenzo is very quote-unquote human but pretty much only exists especially in sort of like uh, later, um, the sort of conspiracy tape crown only exists as a foil against Doretti, the slightly more sort of actual goblin acting goblin, and then yeah. all of the rest of the goblins of the plane. I mean, they, they, both, all, uh, they both also look, uh, look very differently. They stand head and shoulders for one reason or another above the, uh, the, like their compatriot goblins. Um, so I think that, that is very interesting how the, the goblins that get the most screen time are the ones that are presented in ways that humans can understand better and that we can understand better through our real lens about society and uh, uh, sort of faux pas. Um, That's a very interesting point. And that's our show for today. You can find both of the hosts on Twitter. Hobbs can be found at HobbsQ and Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter or email us at goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, to our link tree on our Twitter account and list it in our show notes. This has everything from our discounts for the Grinding Coffee Company to our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vindergotten, who can be found at vindergotten at badcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffle on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs> <laughs>